We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. I'm Liz Dolan here at the Wondery Studio in West Hollywood, California, with my sister, Leanne Dolan, across the table from me. How are you, Leanne? Liz, I- I'm excited. Oh, I, I mean, I, I let had me a- guess why. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I mean, I'm just giving myself over. I'm just Do. giving myself over. I'm I- recommending that to anyone who is uh, worried about the stock market. The the volatility in the stock market. Just watch the Olympics watch for the Olympics. next three weeks. It will all be over. It's like it's a <laughs> feels like it's long too. It's an extra long Olympics because of the time change. I'm just super psyched. I'm wrapping up a lot of work projects by Friday, That's so good. I can just give yeah. myself over to that. Yeah. And Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. You too. Heavy yes, Olympic I've, got, I've already lit the flame here. I just, just wanted to get into the Olympic spirit. But I have a, a particular shout-out today. Shout-out to my granddaughter, Alice, who is 11. Happy wow. birthday, Alice. And 11 years ago, on our podcast, uh, I can remember reporting on Alice being born. So uh, we just... You know, who knows where we're going with this podcast and how much we'll be talking about Alice, but there you have it. So I hope Alice will be producing us in 10 years. (laughs) That would be good. She could buy us out. How about that? Yeah. And Alice was your very first grandchild, right? First grandchild. Yes. Okay. All right. Good work. Well, we have a big show today. We are going to talk about the Olympics. Of course, we're going to cover a lot of things. We're we're here for your Olympic news. And yes. News. Oh my and God. There's clearly a lot of interest on the Facebook group page, so we're just yes. giving ourselves over. I mean, who's kidding who? Right? There are a lot of things we could talk about, but we're going full in on Olympics. There are already some posts about curling, Lee, and about Olympic curling. <laughs> so you know, people are deep in the satellite sisterhood. Uh, okay, we're also going to talk about the Super Bowl because that happened this weekend, and it was an exciting Super Bowl, and it there was. were a lot of interesting news stories around it. Julie has uh, some news about mom, for moms of teen girls about what right. you're not going to want to do. Right? right. About what? Yes. That you don't over discuss things with your teens. And I'm going to tell you why. And then I've got some just, I don't think good news about admissions, college admissions and financial aid. I'm sorry to tell, mm. uh, but I feel like I you know, should share this information with you. Okay. It's not going to make you happy. Leanne, you're going to be glad. <laughs> you don't have to fill out any more of those applications. I'm so glad about so many aspects of that. But yes, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, all right. I have a science of the obvious. What makes people friends? Um, you're going <laughs> really? to not be There's surprised. Some, oh, okay. You're going to not be surprised. Okay, good tease, Leanne. <laughs> Good okay, Dr. Leon. All right. Thanks. Uh, Liz, you have a roundup from the Facebook group. Oh, my God. And can I just say, Amanda, 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 the Satellite Sisterhood is here for you. Everyone needs to participate in Amanda's journey. More on that later. And then, of course, um, I had kind of a breakthrough with my dancing this week. <laughs> this week. Not okay. a breakdown. It wasn't a breakdown. Not a breakdown. Or a break. Nope. No. Breakthrough, Julie. Going to tell okay. you a little bit about what's happening with our dance troupe. So for those of you dancing along at home. Um, but first, the Super Bowl. I think we all watched it. It was super exciting. Yeah, it was. Yes. Good game. It, it, it was a good game. Um, there are just a couple of things I want to say. This is Liz. First of all, you may have noticed that there was a massive campaign about Australia as part of this year's Super Bowl. I know. Liz, it's, did I know. you plan that? I mean, were you involved in that? Well, here's what I want to say, Julie. So, like the Australia travel people, love you, hashtag travel Australia, um, went out and they hired Chris Emsworth. Now, 
You can't beat him. Mr. Australia. <laughs> Mr. Yeah, like, I mean, number one he, Australia. He is good, Liz. Yeah, yes. You should keep him. So yes. they hired yeah. Chris Hemsworth and Danny McBride, who was very funny, and did this whole like spoof that they were remaking Crocodile Dundee. So mm-hmm. it was at Dundee movie, and it was a whole very, very – it was an elaborate scheme, I would say, yes. to kind of surprise us on the Super Bowl. Like, ha, 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 there's really not a movie. It's just a Travel Australia campaign. And, you know, I don't want to give us too much credit, but if you listen to our shows over the last month, I think the Satellite Sisters, Julie and I, actually told you more about why you would want to go to Australia than either Chris Hemsworth or Danny McBride. I, I don't know. Uh, Julie, I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I feel I like agree, we Liz. really delivered. I think we answered the essential question because everyone you talked to, they're like, whoa, that's so far. You know, like we told people they can do it, right? Yes. Three movies and a nap. We told them how to get there, right? Yes. And then we really, we, we told them, you know, <laughs> to keep, we told them all the essential things. People are worried about all those deadly animals there. <laughs> they want to know about what's to, what's sure. fun to do. Yep. We told them, we told them that everything, Liz. You know, yes. I, I agree. I I felt like that whole campaign was lacking a little, even though they had Chris. I, know, I was going to say, Chris. now let's pause a second, yes, ladies. Yes, pause a second. They had because Chris. you did not have Chris, Chris Hemsworth in your Australia campaign. But no, I did not. But I no. should have, Leon, because here's what I forgot to report last week. You know who was across from me at the Australian Open one night? Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> So how could you leave that so, out? I don't know. How we, could we you, just ran out of time on last week's show. Liz, I don't know. Julie, okay. you, you and your just, husband were right. already gone at that point. And I don't know. I was, I, I, there he was with his wife. So I just want to say in our Australia campaign for zero dollars and zero cents, we also had Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. <laughs> so. And we had stinger suits. And wouldn't you love to see Chris Hemsworth in a stinger suit? Yep. Now, come on. Yeah. Yep. So I just want to say, hashtag travel Australia, yeah. that we're willing to go back for right. next year's Super Bowl, we'd like to go to Tasmania. <laughs> Leon, maybe you'd oh. like to get in. Uh, everyone was going to Tasmania, right, Julie? Everyone we talked yeah, to. that was very popular. They were yes. all headed to Tasmania. So, okay, so we want to go to Tasmania. Thank you. Hashtag Travel Australia. Uh, okay, next. Uh, can I say one more thing about that ad? I thought it was in poor taste. Uh, well, didn't you tell us like we were not supposed to say crikey and bring yes, us right, crocodile and, and, and they just can't the let it be. Yeah, yeah, they just can't let it go, yes. shrimp on the Barbie. It was yes. Australian cliches, which we did not, we never sank to that. <laughs> we never made any of those jokes yeah. while we were there or in our after action report. So, okay, number two thing about the Super Bowl is uh, the Philly special. Okay, that was the, the trick play, which they just could not stop talking about. And you got to admit, it was it a was, good trick. It was a razzle-dazzle play, Liz. Come on. It <laughs> totally. really was. Totally. It was like, it was like at a, some high school playbook. I don't know. Some it stands right up there. Division three yeah. football team. Well, they said they saw they it. That. They saw it in a football game, Julie. They lifted it from some college team. They saw no, it. really? Yes, oh, yes. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I heard that in one – because God knows they couldn't stop talking about it. Chris Chris Collingsworth. Collingsworth. Please, just move on with your life. But here's one detail, despite the endless droning on by Chris Collingsworth about that play, that I did not hear him say, but was in the paper yesterday, that because there were so many reporters around during Super Bowl week, they um, they actually practiced the play in the ballroom of their hotel. Oh, my gosh. So that's great. Isn't that a funny thing to yes. picture? Yep. Because, you know, the Patriots... 
Cheater. Yeah, cheaters. Right. <laughs> so, so now you're sorry, Patriots fans. I know yeah. we have many listening, but it's just there's a team history there that obviously the Eagles were very conscious of. So I'm just imagining them running that play over and over again in a hotel ballroom, and it makes me super happy. Yeah. So that's uh, a good detail. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Chris. Leanne, I know we're going to be talking about your dance routine later in this podcast, but perhaps you could uh, you could do some kind of trick play in your dance routine. What do you think? <laughs> the entire routine is a trick play, Julie. Believe me, <laughs> okay. for me. Okay. Okay. All right. It did stand up there with the famous uh, Boise State Statue of Liberty play from oh. like the oh. bowl. I mean, yeah. that was a great That's moment, a and and this was a great play. And you know, there was a great piece in the New York Times this week about the two point conversion. I know. I didn't. I didn't. Pitch this in the story. It's okay. We're interested. But um, about like why should teams go for two versus one? Yeah. And the natural instinct for teams is to go for one because that's the safe play and then you want to move into overtime. But th- some researchers did an exhaustive study on of two course, points versus one course. point. It sounds or, like a Nate Silver. Right, kind they're of not thing. working on curing cancer, but they're work. You know, there's a lot of research on NFL two point pl- uh, plays. I, well, also on. NBA three point plays. They looked at both because it, it's kind of like a human nature thing, and it's all about the data. And the truth is, if you go for the one point play, then that team only has a forty percent chance of winning the game. If hmm. you go for the two point play. Studies show you have a 50% chance of winning the game. Wow. I wonder That's why that is. a really big difference, right? Yeah, yeah. But so our natural instinct is to just play it safe, go for yeah. the tie, and then move into overtime. But you don't do as well in overtime. Okay. Uh-huh. So, there, so there you go. That's what I th- – I just read that study and then, and then that play. It was great. Okay. <laughs> And let's Gosh. hope Chris Collingsworth is not going on to be. We want Chris Hemsworth. We want Chris Hemsworth next time. <laughs> yeah. Can we trade one Chris for another? <laughs> I actually got a tweet in the middle of the game from a satellite sister listener that was like, Leon, you're so right about Chris Collingsworth. We had to switch to pitch perfect. We couldn't watch the game anymore. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you where you should have switched during the game. If you're not following BarkBox on social media, you need to be. And this is not a paid-for announcement at all. I just think they do an amazingly fun job with the things they do on Twitter. So during the game, they they dressed <laughs> two of their office dogs. It was so dogs. funny. It oh, my God, so it was funny. hilarious. They dressed two office dogs, Max and Noodle, as Brady and Belichick. And then throughout the game, they responded with Max and Noodle to specific things that were happening in the game. So it was just hilarious. And they introduced them at the beginning of the game and they said, stay tuned for more not sports. So it was just a delightful um, a relief from Chris Collingsworth yeah. to just go over <laughs> Go for it. And so I'm not even going to re- try to repeat any of their jokes because you just can't do it without the visuals. But go to uh, at BarkBox on Twitter and see for yourself. So Well, I think was... the Internet term is trolling, Liz. They were trolling. <laughs> they were trolling, yes. They were trolling Tom Brady which, yeah. with a dog. So <laughs> With dogs, throwing balls at dogs. And the do- dogs couldn't catch him either. I know. Oh, my God. I burst out laughing when I okay. saw that. So, <laughs> okay. So, again, sorry, Patriots fans, but it was very clever. Uh, Julie, what did well, you think of the halftime show? Your man, your I man, JT. I loved it. Okay, I don't. I mean, speaking of people trolling, I just I had to turn off all of the. Just watch it. I loved it. He was singing. He was dancing up a storm, Leon. Yes. I liked it. I thought it was my sound that I couldn't hear him that well, and I really <laughs> cranked up the everyone. sound on my TV. 
<laughs> to some excessive levels to be able to take in all of Justin Timberlake. But I loved it. And I don't care what people said. And I thought his tribute to Prince was great. And uh, and really, just don't complain. It was great. Okay? That's all. That's it's a tough to gig. Very tough gig. I, I, I will say two things. First of all, or three things. He's an amazing dancer. Yes. You forget that. And As so, a dancer, yeah. Leon, what yes. is your... <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was like dancing up a storm. Okay. I mean, I, he did a lot of walking around, but <laughs> it was entertaining. Okay. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was good. I liked his suit. I liked all the costumes I thought were great. I thought, you know, the, you know, like a mirror. I thought that whole, how they did that was wonderful. It was great. <laughs> Okay. You're a super fan. All right. Yes. I'm super fan. I am not. I am not. There's no reason to criticize Justin Timberlake. No reason. Well, I think he could put his 10,000 steps on his pedometer. I'll tell you that. I mean, I don't know where he was going next. That guy had somewhere to be. And then uh, I will say about the outfit, I did not understand that. But I think we can all agree now who originally was really in on the clothes for NSYNC. It was really Justin's <laughs> idea because he has not let that look go. And the band I know. It looked like his denim suit than when he wore it with Britney Spears, huh. right? Yeah. I love it. Okay? He's bringing back the, the funky suit. It's good. No criticisms here. The bandana. Okay. No. The bandana even? Okay. All right. He he is an amazing dancer and he, he brought – I had a big smile on my face at the end. So I didn't understand all the haters. But yeah. I think that's a really hard gig. And he's – Haters going to hate. Haters yeah. going to hate. Thank you, Not Taylor you Swift. Do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We have to we have to acknowledge uh, Jennifer, a longtime Satellite Sister listener and a huge Eagles fan. Oh, my God. Jennifer. Who's also like, you know, Ten seven and a half months pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> and when the Eagles won, I texted Liz and Julie like, I hope Jennifer does doesn't go into labor. We were concerned about you, Jennifer. <laughs> we were. And then you we posted, she posted on her Facebook page, I can't believe I didn't go into labor. <laughs> so. And it was, Jennifer, it was moments after we got that message from Leon. <laughs> so we're thinking of you. I know yes. you're thinking of going to the parade, Jennifer. Okay. I know you love your eagles and everything, but just really think very carefully right. about that. And she lives okay. in Maine, urban right? urban Nana thinks you should stay home, Jennifer. <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. I think you should just get yourself a big screen TV, watch the all the proceedings, but just stay at home. That's what I would say. Yeah. But, and I know you hydrated. make the right decision, Jennifer. That's what I know. So. <laughs> stay hydrated. Stay hydrated if you do go. I know so you'll she, make the right decision. <laughs> that's what you say to your kids, Julie. That's your right. I say that that's your go to line on everything. Because that because they won't they don't really listen to me. So I just send them off with the, those good words i know you'll make the right decision so because i know well did you have good eats at uh, your super bowl uh, f- festivities wherever they were yes yeah we no? went i mean i did we didn't go it was just me and barrack and then brooke showed up for food as as 22 yeah. year olds are wont to do so we went light we went kind of light we, i had that good kale caesar salad again i just can't mm. make it enough the vegan mm, kale okay. caesar yeah All right. That sounds good. Well, of course, there was a firestorm on the Internet about a comment that the CEO of PepsiCo made, Indra Nuri, you know, uh, she has been very busy at PepsiCo for a number of years. And she was talking about the fact that they are considering making a tailor-made potato chip or chips, you know, Dorito chips uh, for women because Mm -hmm. they've done some research, as you would imagine, because they're a giant uh, soft drink and potato chip company. And they think about selling potato chips all day long. And they realize that, you know, they've gotten the feedback that women 
don't like the crunchiness of chips, you know, that that is kind of a negative thing when they do focus groups, you know, uh, and that a lot of times the chips are too big. They can't, women can't put them in their, their mouths and then they don't like, they don't like to lick their fingers to get all the Dorito dust oh off their fingers, oh you know. So they're considering making a snack for women because, uh, you know, they, they also know that women like to love to carry a snack in their purse. Now, is that our sister Sheila or what? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And that they want to, PepsiCo is working on designing designing snacks that, that go with women, go with modern women, that they can take wherever they go. So I don't see anything wrong if they're working on a smaller, less crunchy, uh, less messy potato chip. But apparently a lot of women took offense at this, that uh, that they uh, – I don't know. What do you think, sisters? Okay. The idea that chips are too noisy and that ladies just need to be quiet, I found that highly objectionable. Hashtag stay noisy. And I think a noisy chip – I don't really have a problem with a noisy chip. So I understand if they want alternate chips for thing, people that like different things, I'm fine with that. But that we all just need to be quieter, mm, that totally rubbed me the wrong way, I have to admit. See, I thought my interpretation was that women wanted a quieter so they could shove more in their mouth without people knowing <laughs> that they were secretly shoving the chips in their mouth. Surreptitious snacking. Yes, that's right. our problem. So is you that, could have your purse open and yes. you could just be shoveling yeah. smaller, quieter <laughs> yes. chips into your yes. mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, Liz, the last time you, you probably don't even go down the aisle where they have potato chips. I don't. It's like an entire aisle of a grocery store. Yeah. They have, it's product diversification. Yeah. You're our brand guru. I thought you would be fine with, you know, just if they want to make a smaller, quieter chip, fine. Fine yeah, with me. I don't you know? have a problem with it. It's just the assumption that we always want to be quieter. I don't know. It's okay. like, it's like the people that complain about women's tennis being too noisy. That just, it just, bugs me when people do that. But I did enjoy the Twitter storm. And there was one in particular that I saw during the storm yesterday that just said flavor ideas for lady Doritos. One, kale. Two, spicy kale. <laughs> Three, nacho kale. Four, caramel macchiato. Five, Ugg boot. <laughs> so there you go, Ingenui. That's crowdsourcing a few flavor ideas on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Okay. So whatever, just do whatever you want. That's what I say. Um, but to keep making those snacks that our sister Sheila can put in her purse, because that's, she does love that. All right, do you carry snacks in your purse, Lynn or Liz? Well, Liz, you don't carry a purse. No. Uh, Lynn, no. You, you <laughs> oh, Julie, if you saw what Liz is now positioning as her wallet and personal effects you you would not believe it she's, it's all about binder clips now she's, julie just, <laughs> she just showed me and nobody it, needs a wallet anymore yeah what she has a wad of like one dollar bills put together with a binder clip and then all her personal id and credit cards another in a, binder clip. in a binder clip we're in a post wallet world <laughs> no so if she could put the chips in a binder clip, she would carry them. Okay. <laughs> she would carry them. That's a good look, Liz. Not too many people are wearing binder clips. Okay. Oh, I just wanted to simplify somehow. Somehow. Well, you did. You did. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a break. We're going to have our own Super Bowl ad campaign. <laughs> Stay with us. And then after that, we're back with some studies. Oh, yeah. We got some studies, people. We're going to share them science. with you. And then later on in the show, the Olympics, our preview. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters.
And we are back. Okay, Julie, you have a study about teen girls and moms that sounds right up the Satellite Sisters Alley. It is. It is. Because you know how close uh, teen girls and moms can be. This was a story that was in the Wall Street Journal. And the headline was, don't over-discuss your teen's problems. Okay? I think we all think as moms, it's a really good idea to, like, you know, if your kids come home from school or come home from a weekend and they, you know, that to sit down and talk through your child's trouble is sort of a a healthy thing to do. And researchers researchers are saying, yes, in moderation, that is a good thing that you should be listening if, you know, if your child is being bullied at school or if there's a mean girl situation or, you know, there's some social situation that's really creating stress for your child. But there's now a growing body of research that suggests that somehow dwelling on some of these social problems uh, with your with your child, your teenage uh, child, can do more harm than good. And what the, what the researchers at the University of Missouri were talking about is something they refer to as co-rumination. Now, mm. I, we have all done this, you know, where yes. you excessively rehash um, a, a specific incident where, you know, you speculate about things, you, you interview your teen, you know, in, you know, in excess about the details about what happened, you bring up the subject again, repeating the details in really in an, in an effort to get at, at the, at the teen's feelings. Well, that, these, you know, they've now done studies that teen girls in particular that co-ruminated with their mothers are more likely to exhibit symptoms of anxiety and depression. Hmm. That you're in, in, in essence, what they're saying is you're interviewing your child for pain. And they're saying, this is, you know, this is really, this is too much. Making I mean, it worse. They're, they're, they're they're saying you should be empathetic, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know. Certainly, we grew up. Our father, Jim Dolan, he was from the rub it up school of uh, parenting, which was you were pretty much on your own, and there was there was unless it required was, an actual emergency room visit, there was no crisis that really they yeah. were going to dig into, and you know, and our mother too, she didn't really question a lot. Like even if we went to her with issues, like the college application process, as you recall, our mom's attitude was I've already been to college so so, we did have each other though so that's good (laughs) right but we didn't care about each other at that point in our lives (laughs) so you were pretty much on on your own but it is you know there is a balance and I think all parents are trying to figure out the balance of being in tune and being good listeners and being empathetic to what's going on in your teen's life, if they're even telling you about it. But in some cases that particularly mothers and daughters, that they can actually amplify the stress of the situation. So how do you know if you're doing this or if this is going on? They're saying if you if you find yourself repeating the details of a situation or, you know, really circling around about the feelings associated with the situation, you know, that's the time where you need to say, you know, I'm sorry, you know, how do you, how are you going to handle it rather than have the parent be involved or when the conversations become really circular to somehow take a break, you know, suggest a walk, you know, break out of it so that you're not, you're, you're not in this situation of co-rumination. So, so Leon and Julie, you both each have 
two boys. Yeah. So you have never right. found yourself in a comparable situation. No, I was just thinking like with boys, they may tell you something and then you go in to check on them later, like everything okay? And the answer is yep. Yeah. yeah. There's a, that's the rumination. Whether or not that's yeah, true. That's not, that may or may not. Do you need to talk about anything? Nope. Okay. But I have definitely seen my friends with daughters get into like some serious rumination yeah. circles and spirals. And it it's not just high school. I've seen it continue on in college when things don't go, oh, they don't get into the sorority they want. They're having roommate issues. It, it's just really de- mm-hmm. definitely I can see that. I can see where there is oh, a line where you have to put it back on them. I'm sure it's super hard, but yeah, it, it is too when I think when people describe that like my mom is my best friend. Is is always a phrase that I don't, you know, it's odd because our mother was not our best friend. No. So even you people aren't my best friends. I have friends for that. So <laughs> even my, I, mean, I wouldn't describe my husband as my best friend. I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, I have you friends for really that. You don't have any friends. I have friends. I have friends. That's what I mean. I know that's not true. Great friends. Yes. Friends are doing no, a different have, job for yes, you. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I can yeah. I can see that when I, yeah, that rumination. But the parenting friend line mm-hmm. is a hard one. Yeah, and I think it's more and more blurred, you know, in this generation mm-hmm. than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. It was very clear yeah. when we grew up that our parents were not our friends. <laughs> right? They would have been the first. Well, to and say. plus, you have more. You have more communication, more right. means of communication, right. more frequent communication. So, getting into this excessive co-rumination, you could see how that could happen. Yeah. you know. So it's just out. You know, it's just something to consider. It- something to be aware of and I thought it was interesting so um, I have two other sort of teen college stories that I wanted to bring to you and they're not necessarily good news Uh, this is uh, apparently a new trend in college admissions I I have you know you you sisters know that I did both undergraduate and graduate college admissions uh, for a number of years so those kind of stories always pique my interest I always like to know about trends but now, one of the one of the unintended uh, consequences of having a common application for elite colleges and universities across the country is that it's created an application surge. That right. even more, you know, these all these all these colleges and universities are receiving, you know, an e increase in applications just because it's easier to apply online to do that, which causes, creates a problem for the schools and how they're going to review applications. And in the old days, uh, when I worked in admissions, you know, every applicant had a folder and included in the folder was all the things that you would think, a college, you know, a high school or college transcript, your test score information, your letters of recommendation, you know, work experience for graduate level, but undergrad, you know, extracurricular activities and the essays. And you'd sit down and read every application and then the admissions committee would get together and that you would rank and uh, accept or reject applicants um, based on that. But now a lot of schools are saying what they're, what they're doing is they're having simultaneous reading. So they're putting two admissions people in an office together and they divide up the application. So somebody reads all the transcripts and the test scores and then somebody else reads the recommendations, the extracurricular activities and the essays and they 
uh, they put it together. Uh, they make a judgment together at that moment. And by doing this, the entire process for reviewing a college application can take as little as eight minutes. Wow. Wow. Wow, Eight minutes, is, okay, and then when you think about the time and the effort and what you're really trying to evaluate, you know, someone's, you know, life over the last four years and, and their expectations and, you know, for the next four years to have like an eight-minute judgment like that, but that they've done this at schools like the University of Pennsylvania, Caltech, Georgia Tech, Rice, Bucknell, because of the they just have to move through the applications faster and they had to you know they had to develop a system to do this and i can see some advantages to it in that by having two people work on the same application it keeps you very focused and keeps you very interested in on it because it is hard to read a lot of applications you know i mean at points you'd i'd be reading 20 20 folders a day you know that's uh, that's a lot of applications to go through and you have to figure out ways to keep your interest to keep your focus to you know not to you know to give everybody their due course but I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. it also, by dividing it up like this, it seems like you're not getting the whole picture of what the applicant looks like. You know, you're just, you're making an evaluation on one portion of his or her credentials. So as a marketing person, I would just say to applicants, you need some kind of gimmick here in this. <laughs> How are you going to stand out in eight minutes? I know. That's, yeah. Well, that explains why my kids didn't get into Caltech. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is, Liam. That couldn't have been the D's in math. (laughs) Could not not, have been that. Not one. They just weren't given a fair shake. No, you know, so unfair. Yeah, they just weren't given a fair shake. It does sort of, you know, if you have this idea that people, you know, are sitting down with your application, that you know, people spend to make sure it looks so beautiful. You know, I mean, they spend hours and hours, you know, creating these applications and submitting all this information and to know that you know it's being reviewed in an eight minute period is really uh, you know that is something you know uh so it may change the unintended consequences liz is it may change the way people you Mm -hmm. know approach the application or it may be that you know different things are going to get weighted differently as this process goes on yeah Just leave the typos in then. Just don't even. Just or move. do what Leon did, right? Your essay in pencil. Pencil. That's and you're really going to stand out, out in the pile. <laughs> Thanks, Harvard. <laughs> Okay, the other so that I'm going to be I am going to be watching about that, you know, I'm going to be stay on it, you'll stay on it. I am going to be staying on it. But the other the other not so Alice is going to be applying in seven years. So that's why you're going to start working. See, I'm going to start working on her application (laughs) right now, as many parents are. But the other thing is I want to get her in college right away, because Yet the federal there was news this week that the federal student loan program, uh, where which has lent out 1.4 trillion dollars to students all across the country, you know, has always been one of the few government programs that's solvent. In in many cases, they made a profit, uh, but not so much anymore. Now they're coming up. 
$22 billion short. And some of this is because, you know, in the Obama administration, in order to provide some kind of relief for the borrowers that were drowning in debt, that they capped, they capped the percentage, uh, you know, that you couldn't, your loan repayments didn't have to be any more than 10% of your income, which seems like a really good idea. It made it more manageable. And the thought was that if their loan repayments were more manageable, more people would uh, would pay their loan, student loans off and not default. But that's not what what's happening. In fact, the default rate has increased. It has not declined. And so now, oops, we're a little short on money. So I would say get in your application very fast and <laughs> get in your student loan if you want student loans. You should go to college now. Because so Alice will be going at age 12. You know, that's you know. the next bubble that has to break. The cost I, of college is ridiculous. Right, and how does college... Ridiculous. And so Padawan people, it, College needs to be completely reinvented. Yeah, it's, and so people look at the $100,000 worth of debt they took out, which was idiotic. It's yeah. That's not smart. You know, someone should have talked them out of that at 18. But, okay, they took it on. And I can see they just go, what am I doing? Yeah. Who's kidding who? $321 a month? So, or whatever. Yeah. So. I, it I it hope, does feel like it's a whole industry yeah. that needs a lot of disruption. Yes. You know, because yes. you can see at every at every point um, in the system, it's not working. It's not. And there's a lot more technology available, and we have to make it more affordable and create more access for more people to uh, go to school at, at all levels um, of the educational spectrum. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So maybe once Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett and Jamie Diamond or whoever, yeah, figure out, like, once they reinvent the healthcare system, yeah. they can work on college. They should. That's- they should. They should. I get some time. Um, all right. I have a, a friend's study here, and it's, it's Monica in Monica's absence. It's a science of the obvious. So here's the headline from the L.A. Times. Friends share the same wavelength, study finds. Okay. So the idea here is that you and, Spoiler. Your, <laughs> you and your friends see the world in the same way. That's, that's the conclusion of this study by UCLA and Dartmouth. It's a, they offer scientific proof that, quote, people tend to be friends with individuals who see the world in a similar way. <laughs> scientific proof now. Of, okay, but here's the interesting thing they did. They, they actually uh, they took a whole class at uh, Dartmouth Business School. Of like 249 people. There are so many numbers and statistics in this study, in this article. I can't even. Science. So, uh, and then they like, they asked, are you friends with that guy? That guy you sit next to? Do you actually go out for a beer with him? They determined the level of friendship amongst the business school class. So that was one set of, you know, uh, things they determined. And then they put him in an MRI. Okay. So I'm out. Like if I, I would be out. You don't go in a tube. <laughs> nope. Uh-huh. And then they showed them all a series of 14 videos. Completely unrelated videos like a baby sloth being born or a washcloth floating around on the International Space Station or a song that might be considered sappy for some. They showed him some political stuff. They showed him a gay wedding. They showed him, let's see, uh, a soccer match. And then they measure, measured their brainwaves and then they bra- brainwaves and then they divided by all these other statistics and they factored out for 869 different other things. And then they determined, like, are you friends of friends? Are you a friend of a friend? Are you a close friend? Like the level of friendship. And then the conclusion is, again, let me just read it. People tend to be friends with individuals who see the world the same way. Okay. (laughs) So stay tuned for the next study that they're working on after this. Uh, 
long-term studies will will be needed to address questions like, well, are you do you see the world the same way and then you become friends or do you become friends and then your world vision starts to meld like oh. a mind meld. So, I'm interested a- in the mind melding study, but <laughs> There okay. You go. What about when you start dressing like your friends? Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of it, Jewel. It's all part of it. Get, you might might want to get that study fo- funded. So, but it just reminded me of you know the new friends that I've made at my dance troupe. Was. <laughs> oh, and, yes, uh, yes. Let's get to your new career. So I hadn't really mentioned it, but I've been working on a couple of big, big dances uh, for a <laughs> Broadway showcase. <laughs> That my dance teacher is going to hold at the end of February. And the good news is that I know this is hard to believe, but the showcase is actually sold out. Oh, my God. It's sold out. Every It's at an actual theater. Everyone's doing. Really? Wow. Yes, Julie. I mean, I'm sorry, Lane. I, I, no. I don't to sound so. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you had a sort of a captive audience when you were performing at that nursing home. At the right? nursing home. Yes. <laughs> that was yes. kind of, that was a residential yes. situation. Uh-huh. but. But it's sold out. Okay, Leanne. Tickets. Are, are, People had to buy tickets, and they bought tickets for the Broadway showcase. So, uh, so this weekend we had sort of a secret um, dress rehearsal at another studio. We went with our dance teacher to another dance teacher's studio and combined for different numbers. Mm. And we had to rehearse beforehand, you know, because we're dancers, Julie, we rehearse. And uh, and, and we're standing... And I like how you say dancers, Leanne. No longer, you're not dancers, right? No. You're dancers. Okay. So okay. we were on one side of the studio and the other... The other dance troupe is on the other. And it was like the sharks and the jets. And I was like, I feel like we're going to have a dance off here. And, or a rumble. A rumble. <laughs> so, so long story short, our troupe is doing um, all that jazz. You know, inspired. I know. Oh, you I know. know how much I love jazz hands. Lynn. I know. I'm so happy to hear that. I know. We just do a touch of jazz hands. Uh, it is our tribute to Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. You know, we love Fosse. <laughs> so it's a full dress. It's we're all dressed up. So we're wearing like sheer black clothing. You know, we're fully made up. One of our dance troupe, Jan, she is an actual like makeup hair and makeup person in Hollywood. She's in her late fifties, but she she's like, okay, let's do red lips. And she had kind of designed our makeup based on the original Broadway production. All right. So we're standing there, we're about to go on. It's kind of sexy choreography. It's a number really about sex. So uh <laughs> everybody in the group is like fifty plus. And there we are in our sheer clothing with our red lips ready to go on and jan she looks at all of us she goes you know what i have to say everything about this is age inappropriate (laughs) (laughs) we killed in the dance off that's all i say that's all that matters you know what we're proud of you we're proud of you we knew you were i'm sure you were leading the team are you up front i am up front and and like in this particular dance studio i was like Four to five feet, or not even, four to five feet away from, you know, like an elderly man in his 70s. I was like, just keep your eyes on my face, buddy. Just... Just oh. don't die on my it's watch. The sh- it's the sheer clothing. It's the sheerness. Lady. The sheerness of my top, Julie. It was very fun. But again, there we are. We're all dancers. Now we're friends. And it was completely age inappropriate. But uh, the Broadway coming up in a couple of weeks, Liz said she wanted to come. I invited Sheila. Yes, so uh-huh. I'll get you the details of the Broadway sh- Broadway showcase. But it's sold out. 
No tickets. So, so I have tickets for you. Okay. I already right. I pre-bought tickets. Because I, I can see what's at work here, Julie. Clearly, Leon didn't want anyone to know about this no. until the tickets were sold out. Yes. So nobody can Google it exactly. and try to figure out how to attend. It's exactly. It's, it's so totally transparent. <laughs> so and there will, be no, there will be no pictures of this. Nope. Yes. Maybe we understand, Leon. We understand like, this is your secret passion. That's fine. That's I, good. I just feel like I had to get better at it. You know? I'm not, <laughs> I mean... I, I know mean, what that's, Leon. That's yeah. fine. That's keep yeah. practicing. We don't see, we don't see videos of your tennis matches <laughs> no <laughs> right no. i mean no. go play tennis go on do your thing all right so that's my... a secret land i yeah. haven't really mentioned that i play tennis okay thank you <laughs> all right we're the satellite sisters we're going to take a break uh to hear a message from our sponsors and then we get back the olympics stay with us okay and we are back so uh as we said earlier Take your eyes off of the Dow Jones index and just completely transfer all of your energy to uh, the Winter Olympics. That's what they're here for. So you can ignore all kinds of other things happening uh, in the world. There are uh, there are three women at the Olympics that I know we wanted to talk about first. A shout out to our friend Andrea Joyce, longtime NBC sportscaster. She's done many, many Olympics uh, and we're friends. She's a longtime friend of Satellite Sisters. She posted something on her Facebook page the other day that was a picture of the window in her room at the Olympics. And she said the first Olympics that she covered in Korea, you know, way back in the day, oh. what was that, 88, she was in a room with no window at all. So her, that her window, if that she actually has a window at this Olympics in Korea, and it has a gorgeous view of the whole surrounding area, she feels like that's a major win after many years in her career. So I told her that she needs to um, hold on and in 2020 get a balcony. <laughs> you know, that's it. Working your way... Working your way up the chain. Um, next person I want to talk about is Lindsay Vaughn because, well, because she's awesome. Yes. And also, can I just note, like talking about the Super Bowl for a second, I thought the best ads on the Super Bowl were, were all the NBC promos for the Olympics. I would agree. Maybe it's because we love the Olympics, but they were great, weren't they? They were beautifully I shot. They were, yeah. They made, made me cry. I mean, they're just... Uh, they're, you know, they're, it's just those young, genuine people working their heart out. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so Lindsay Vaughn, here's the deal. She's the most decorated World Cup ski racer in United States history. And I believe, Leanne, on the verge of being the most decorated in the world ever. That's right. She's closing in. She has 80 World Cup wins. 80. 8-0. 80 <laughs> World Cup wins. And she's closing in on Ingemar Stenmark, the great Swedish skier. You just now, don't hear that name enough. My gosh, not enough. <laughs> I mean, for the younger listeners, I'm begging you, just Google him now. Because <laughs> he... The reason I ski is because I wanted to meet Ingemar Stenmark. It He's never... kind of like the Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he was. Oh, Isn't that a gosh. good way to describe him? He's a, he's, he's a dreamboat, right? Oh, a dreamboat and just beautiful to watch. Like mm -hmm. a skier that was just glided over the snow and mm -hmm. like awesome. Won everything, everything, everything. So do do yourself a favor, Ingmar Stenmark. <laughs> that, that is what they call a skiing deep cut. Yes. That is, yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But back to Lindsay Vaughn. She's now 33 years old. Yeah. There's been a lot of wear and tear on Lindsay Vaughn. And if she's you follow, had some terrible injuries, yes, right? Liz? Among them, Leon, uh, Julie, multiple ruptured knee ligaments, Oof. a fractured right humerus, humerus, whatever. Uh, I don't know what that is, an arm, uh, a concussion, <laughs> no. and this. 
an acute facet spiral joint dysfunction. So you never want that, right? No. But if you follow her on Twitter, you always see her training and she's just so upbeat. And she's also so supportive of all of the other athletes, even when she's not out competing, if she's rehabbing from an injury. So in the New York Times Sunday Magazine uh, this weekend, they had an article about what her training program is. And, you know, as part of Operation Sea Turtle, you know, I'm always looking for a good yeah. a good training program, sisters. Yeah. A good, maybe I want to sign up for this. So I just want to give you some of the highlights of the of what Lindsey Vaughn does to stay in shape. First of all, her warm-up. She warms up on a stationary bike. I feel like I could do this. So basically, she... <laughs> she's on the stationary part the of The stationary no. bike part of it. This is... After the rest, I'm out. But her warm-up would be my entire workout because that's 10 to 15 minutes of aerobic exercise on her stationary bike. But here's the thing, sister. She says, I don't like sweating. So even in the winter... Uh, when she spends three to five hours a week exercising on her stationary bike. Okay, three to five hours a week on the stationary bike. She opens the door to her second-story gym over the garage, so she gets a lot of cold air in the room, and she has her dogs there sort of out to patrol. So it's like she pretends she's outside with her dogs, but she's really inside. So, okay, I could do that. I have a second story. I could put a little bike out there on my little patio. Anyway, so whatever. So, but after the warm up, I'm out because the next thing she does is a dynamic balance exercise, which is basically this. If you see her commercials or the promo for NBC, you see her with the big ropes. Yeah. And she's like standing on a BOSU ball. Yeah. And I'm like, nobody does that in real life. Well, apparently she does. That is exactly <laughs> what she does. And she says it's similar to skiing. You have a lot of forces pulling you in different directions. But here's the key, which would be hard for me to replicate at home because because Vaughn's house sits at 9,500 feet where the air is thin, the heavy ropes also provide cardio conditioning. Well, I'm at zero. I'm basically like right at the Pacific Ocean. So maybe I could do it as a result, maybe without the extra. I'm, I'm sure there's a clause in your homeowners, your condo <laughs> homeowners list that is going to forbid you from clomping big giant ropes. <laughs> While standing on a bozu ball in your apartment. Oh, I'm just guessing okay. that is not going to fly with the group of people you live with. Okay. All right. Well, then there are a couple of other things which I totally can never do and will not attempt. One is the standing anti-rotation hold. Can't even explain that. The next one is the standing barbell rotation. Yeah, it's a 45-pound bar and a 25-pound plate. That's all you need to know about that. I'm out. Okay, but here's one. I figured I, I wrote, try this at home for all of us. I'd like to see some photos uh, from the Satellite Sisterhood of this. It's her tuck stress exercise. Because oh, as you know, yeah, she's in a she's a downhiller. If yeah. you don't know that she's a speed, she's a speed skier and, it, you know, downhill is her event. So it's pretty much all about the tuck. So performing a squat on a balance board while holding a 15 pound medicine ball in front of her. That's how she <laughs> that's how she, she you want us to try this at home. Well, you only have to hold your position for two minutes, Julie, because that's what she says. She says, if I'm holding a position, it will be two minutes because that's about the time that most downhill courses take. So just give that a go, right? In a tuck, on a BOSU ball, holding your 15-pound medicine ball. 
And then, then tell me that Lindsay Voss is not a major badass. Okay, <laughs> so so good luck, Lindsay. Uh, uh, we'll be rooting for you. And then, Leanne, of course, there's Michaela Schifrin, who's the the other American skier. I mean, there are a lot of great athletes going to the Olympics, but we just happen to have some really great female American skiers. So, Michaela Schifrin is. Hoping to win all the gold medals, Lindsey Vaughn doesn't. Like literally, you know, she won her first medal at 18. She was the youngest gold medal winner in the slalom. She was considered a technical skier, which is this turning, 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 you know, turning fast, the slalom. Mm-hmm. Uh, turning, turning, turning. Yeah. Fast. But she has completely taught herself how to be a ski, how to be a speed skier over the last four years. And she's finally met, podiumed and had a gold, a win on the World Cup in the downhill. So she's I just not, love that podium is a verb I once know. the Olympics come I know. around. I know. Everybody wants to podium. So they just – NBC ran a great uh, you know, documentary on her training and I was watching with my 22-year-old son. And it's very similar to everything you see. You see yeah. her doing this. Her coaches say she works harder than anyone. And, you know, 22-year-old boys, they're full of a lot of confidence. <laughs> and he's like, I bet I could keep up with her on a workout. And then he goes – Oh, wait, she's doing it at 10,000 feet. Yeah. Never mind. So, <laughs> but keep your eye on Michaela because what Lindsay doesn't win, Michaela might. Uh, cause she's, I think she's the slalom, the giant slalom, the combined. And then there's, there's like all these new ski things, but she's going for everything but the win in the downhill. So, uh, she could come home a big winner and she's an unusual young woman, 22. So, and then Liz, I am actually looking forward to, to the, um, snowboard big air. Competition. Oh, this is, is that a, new? It's it's a new event, and it's just like huge air on a snowboard, which I'm not sure it's really a, like a sport, but that's okay because it's going to be <laughs> awesome. It's going to look great on TV, and that's the name of it: Big Air, which also is not really a sporty name, but that's okay. I think that's going to be fun. But that's what the kids who do it say. Yeah, right? that's it. So I'm looking for, I think that will be fun to watch. It's like the aerials. You just have to give yourself over to some of these winter sports that they're trying to make dynamic and sexy, even though they don't have a clock and they have some weird judging. But like the risk involved in something like that is huge. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to Sean White, you know? Yes, little, I know. A little Sean White fatigue in the last Olympics, but now he's trying to get that gold medal back. And so I'm on it. You know, I'm on it. Yeah, yeah. Let's go, Sean. Let's okay. go, Sean. So, Jewel, what are you looking forward to in the uh, Winter Olympics this year? Liz and Leon, you know I love the biathlon, you know, <laughs> which is where you ski like like a demon. Then you have to stop. You have to slow your heart rate down, and you have to shoot targets. I love it. It's my favorite event. Uh, we don't get to see a lot of biathlon on, on TV here in the U.S., so I, that's why I love the Olympics. So you got hooked on that when you were living in Russia, right? Yes. When I lived in I love all the cross-country skiing events yeah. uh, because I did a lot of cross-country skiing when I was in Russia. And it's really hard to go that fast, go that fast up hills and downhills <laughs> and all of that. So I, I love to watch that. And again, we don't see a lot of it on TV. So it's great when the Olympics come, comes around. You know, just a reminder, like literally it's all live the whole time. For the first time ever, every event is live. So that means pretty much I'm going to be up 24-7. Yeah. Because I noticed, <laughs> okay. I noticed that the opening ceremonies start at 3 a.m. on the West Coast. And oh. you can watch them. You can stream them without the commentary. <laughs> like they're packaging them up for a 5 p.m. primetime slot yeah. on on Friday night. But if you wanted to watch without the commentary, and just let's be grateful that Matt Lauer is not there this year. 
to take us down that path. Oh, my God. Yes. That's well, how great future. is that? Yes. I mean, it's going to be I fantastic. hadn't even thought about oh, that, yeah. That really, fantastic. that's it. Oh, my gosh. So, but if you just wanted to enjoy the opening ceremonies without the stupid commentary, you can do it. So, <laughs> but it is, it's like going to be a 24-7 thing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, usually Excellent. I do my random my writing, thoughts. my yeah. random thoughts, and I was like, I don't even know when I'm going to find the time that I because I, yeah. the time I'm just going to be absorbing it all. So okay. I'll, I'll see what I can do, but everyone's going to be on their own personal time zone schedule. Okay. So good luck, good luck. So okay. let's try to let's try to avoid too many major spoilers in the Facebook group. But please post what you want. Yeah, get everything's excited. live. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. as sports should be. Remember, we've commented <laughs> before that sports are a lot more exciting when they're live. So, um, and for the West Coast, this is big news because usually even we would have to wait for the primetime coverage, yeah. which was so annoying. Like yes. it was happening live on the East Coast. Now, every everything is live. Men's downhill on Saturday, my favorite event of the Olympics, okay. the downhills. So, okay. uh, and then, of course, the figure skating, which I know we've talked about. And we'll we, talk yeah, about. we all love that. Right. Yeah. So there you okay. go. Okay. So, all right. I know we have to wrap this up. I just have a couple of things. Uh, shout outs from the Facebook page. I had a longer report, but I'm going to cut this down to two things. Uh, number one, Ellen Salkin. Thank you so much for adding to our hashtag Travel Australia uh, because Ellen actually lives in Australia. And oh. so she keeps us up to date with all the things that Julie and I did not have a chance to see. But Julie, you may, if you follow Ellen on Facebook, I do. I you'll do. see that she, she posted some photos of Manly Harbor at sunset and you were just there. Two and a half weeks ago, I right? I was, Liz, and I and I, uh, but I, I told her that. I mean, that I just really was so excited to see those pictures. Yep. Yes. So she said there was some police action on the beach, Leon, and she couldn't figure out what it was. They were waiting, waiting for something, and then they, then she figured out, and she posted the follow up. It was a fairy penguin nesting under the dock, and so the people there were protecting. And recording "Mama and Two Babies," and I thought you were going to say. I told you. I told you to go visit those fairy penguins, Melbourne Liz. So I thought you were going to say Chris Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. I really did. No, and and they're called penguin wardens. Okay, so in Australia they have penguin wardens. Do you need any more reasons to go to Australia? No, they got sea turtles. They have penguin wardens, and they got Chris Hemsworth. (laughs) That's the, that's the trifecta. So there you go. Okay, but then our one big Facebook group. So this is the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you're not a member, just come on. What's taking you so long? So Amanda posted this. Sisters, my husband is about to deploy and my kids and I are planning a giant three-month road trip to 32 states as well as a bit of Mexico and Canada. We want to document our trip in some way, so we're going to be videoing the trip and I'm trying to find a drone to add something cool to the videos. Okay, she goes on. It's also any money-saving tips for driving a van full of children 12,000 miles across the country. (laughs) Side note. Side note, I have three children, but we are also in the process of adopting from foster care, so I could potentially have five children in the van. So go. So that's what she posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Many, many of you have been super nice about the suggestions you've posted, about Amanda has provided a few more details that they're really, they're staying with people as much as possible, but they're going to camp when they need to. Anyway, 
Amanda, we are totally with you. I looked at your uh, your map, which I'm sure is just a tentative thing. Looks like you're coming through Southern California at some point. Maybe we could meet up at a pink berry or something, and we can buy all the kids a pink berry. Now, somebody asked, what ages are the children? Catherine posted that, and Amanda said, mine are 19, 14, and 11, and the adopted children can be from 0 to 10, not, not sure what age they'll be. So... Okay, good luck to your husband deploying now. Yes. Thank you to him. And Amanda, I don't know. Sisters, what what can you possibly say to about this vo- voyage she is about to undertake? What an adventure and good for her. Yes, good, good for, for her. all of courage, them. Courage, Amanda, courage. Yep. We're we're very impressed. Yes. Yes. So so please uh post in the Facebook group if you have any other suggestions for Amanda or you want to see like what her route is. And Amanda, we know you'll keep us. If you're going to have drone footage, <laughs> Please feel free to post that on the Facebook group. That's just unbelievably ambitious. All right. Okay. We're the Satellite Sisters. We'd like to thank our sponsors for today's show. Just a reminder, Away, we love their luggage, awaytravel.com forward slash sisters. You're going to want to use the promo code sisters. Thanks, Away. Honey is a new sponsor of Satellite Sisters. The, e, the special URL is joinhoney.com, and you want to go joinhoney.com forward slash sisters, joinhoney.com forward slash sisters. Cool jams, cool jams for your, val- jams for your Valentine. So you want to go to cooljams.com, and then if you use the promo code sisters, you're going to get 10% off those cool jams. So it's actually cool-jams.com. And then finally to Omax. Thanks, Omax, for joining the Satellite Sisterhood. You want to go to tryomax.com slash sisters, tryomax.com slash sisters. So thanks, sponsors. We really appreciate your support of Satellite Sisters. I guess we have to do the show next week, even though the Olympics are on. You <laughs> bet. Um, <laughs> Just work that into your schedule. Cut away for a few hours. I mean, (laughs) all right. And thanks to our engineer slash editor, Sergio Enriquez, here at Wondry. How do you feel about doing a show at 3 a.m., Sergio? You up for that (laughs) one night during the Olympics? It might be all we can squeeze in. (laughs) All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Hey, everybody. Have a great week. Happy birthday to Alice, Julie. I will tell her that. Okay. You two sisters. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.